0: All right, this is user, listener, viewer, whatever is the right term, generated content. Personally, some of my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. This is from Heidi H. She says, first of all, love this podcast. First of all, if you don't start with something like that, we're not going to read your question. Okay? No, we're, we're, definitely we're, not. you got to grease the <laughs> wheels a little bit.
1: <laughs> we're you want to make it podcast. out of the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> that compliment
0: has to start. The old compliment sandwich. <laughs> love the podcast. Nuggets of wisdom and everyone. Appreciate it. I have a question. Not sure if you've covered this in a different episode because I'm only halfway through the catalog. I'm on VNR number 37 about scaling. First of all, that's really cool. Started Mm -hmm. from the beginning and just making our way through. Okay. I have always understood the workout prescription, RX version, should cover three key elements. The work required, a.k.a. the reps, the weight and or movement, and the time. Also fully appreciate that workouts of the day can fall into two main categories, basically for time or work. However, shouldn't the quote unquote stimulus envisioned by the programmer be all encompassing? How important is it for the coaches to understand what the programmer expects from the workout as written, addressing all three of these elements? Then they can relate it to scaling. For example, as a coach, if I understand the complete stimulus I feel more confident recommending our more experienced athletes scale up, not just down, to achieve the stimulus. What are your thoughts on this and do you ever think it's appropriate to scale up? So there's several facets in there, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. Where would you like to start? I've got a couple of things
1: written down here, but go ahead. Well, I'll start with saying, I think, first of all, her assessment is very accurate as far as what you have like the big knobs to, to change, so to speak. I think the movements, the time frame, the overall volume, uh, the difficulty of those movements via either load or the challenge that they present. Um, I think those are kind of the big buckets that you're going to be considering. Uh, I don't think that intended stimulus has to be this mystical thing that goes beyond that, uh, mm-hmm. significantly. And I'll kind of offer two, two big thoughts to kick off the conversation. Uh, the first being that I don't know that you can accurately predict perfectly any intended stimulus because ultimately the people performing what it is that you've written uh, are going to dictate that to some degree. And a perfect example, if you look historically over the workout, Fran, you know, I think the intended stimulus broadly was um, short, relatively sprint-esque kind of pace, Mm -hmm. not too broken up, not too heavy. You can keep moving even when you don't want to. That's broadly the stimulus. Now, at the time that Fran was first introduced, was the expectation a sub-three effort? Probably not because most people at that time were not exposed to this kind of fitness and there was no way that that was going to be happening. So if you are trying to work backwards from a dictated outcome... It's going to be very, very, very hard to know that. Now, you fast forward to the modern day of CrossFit and there's a lot more data points. You know, we have so many workouts being done by so many people. You have a pretty good sense of how things are going to shake out. But at the end of the day, I think it bears the question, how precise do you have to be to get the utility out of the tool? And the tool is I need it close enough so that I can make some decisions for other people that are going to be engaging with it in, in my opinion. So those are the kind of the two thoughts, like number one, how precise do you have to be? And then number two, how much does it really matter outside of the broad utility of I've got to get close when I'm talking about scaling or new athletes, et cetera?
0: Yeah. Close enough for, for many things will get you there. Yep. And yes, you could have Fran which is funny, of course, it's like the most well-known CrossFit work, but it's one I wrote, mm-hmm. you know, wrote down as well, that you could have Fran done in a class of varying skill levels and capacities, and you could have the same workout, let's say, be done by people and have it take them anywhere from 3 to 10 minutes, mm-hmm. which, is a, which if you're looking just mathematically, it's a huge difference in time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, by multiples of what 3 is, you know, like yeah. 10 is almost you know, 300% more. than That's a huge difference. But they, but if done appropriately and scaled appropriately, and they're all doing it in 10 minutes or less, they could all meet the needs of what they do that day. Again, generally speaking, because I agree, Fran, as intended, or if you were the coach, short and sharp is basically what Fran is going to be envisioned for most people in that class. And if you have somebody slogging away in fran 18 minutes later there's a good Mm -hmm. chance that if you ever can say that they did miss a stimulus they potentially did something like that you know that's but that's also not to say and here goes rabbit hole number 1001 right (laughs) that 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 even if they wildly missed the stimulus does that mean it was just your training day is trash it's like well no absolutely not if somebody did just really slow thrusters. They broke them up a ton. They never lost their form mechanics. They were always safe. And they just took big rest periods. And they almost made it into like a, a thruster strength day, you know, yep. doing a, a triple. I rested a minute. I did a triple. I rested. A okay. You're way off of what Fran is for most people. But what you did walk out of the gym that day doing is a whole lot of a wonderful functional movements and you never exceeded your, you know, safe capacity and you got in one heck of a workout. I'm here to tell you, we'll make some adjustments next time you walk in most likely, but not a training day, you know, but you did miss the intended stimulus of short and sharp, but you did a bunch of thrusters and a bunch of pull-ups and you're going to be, you're going to be good to go. But
1: well, that's- and let me, let me piggyback on that, because I completely agree. And that's why I think it's dangerous to get too precise with the, quote, unintended stimulus, because you're going to start to put all sorts of value judgments on the outcome if it's not mirroring that. And so, to your example, I have somebody comes in, Fran's on the board, we expect a three-minute effort, roughly, let's say three to five, let's be generous, right? Mm-hmm. And their effort was 10 minutes. But that workout in particular hits them right in the weakness, they're not very good at pull-ups, they have a hard time with thrusters, and they got 10 solid minutes in there of practice on those two movements, and they completed the effort. And let's think the, think about their training history on top of that. Perhaps in the past, they haven't been able to complete Fran at all with that weight and those movements. I mean, that's a humongous win, even though it didn't hit the quote-unquote intended stimulus. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right that you, you can't just limit the the value of something to what was originally intended for the day. Uh, There's plenty of good things to be had from a training session that doesn't mirror your exact expectations going in. And I think that's really important. Um, So one thing I want to circle back to is, and I'll I'll, I'll maybe defer this to the end, but I guess my question is, you know, does it matter that I posed earlier? And and I've got a a list of like, yes, if it matters if, and maybe Mm -hmm. that is something that, might be uh, more useful in this instance is if we can define kind of the boundaries of when it's not appropriate when you did miss the mark well maybe that's something useful i
0: could give you an easy miss the mark right now and then go back to the Franz thing or vice versa yeah. you know missing the mark would be that the workout of the day is Fran, as it friend is um jt handstand mm-hmm. pushups, ring dips and push-ups you don't have <laughs> handstand pushups, so you do a 10k run it's
1: like <laughs> yeah yeah okay well, the, intended stimulus,
0: the intended stimulus the intended stimulus was was pressing in various directions with a ton mm-hmm. of interference and yep. now you didn't press in any way shape or form yep. with no interference and you went for a long run well first of all no crosser is going to go for a 10k run so we know that that's a, fi- <laughs> a, fi- a fictitious story right from the get-go but that you're like sure you can wildly miss the mark of intended stimulus and like ah yeah. oh, well you can't do that so we're going to just throw it out because you know what it was a random mm-hmm. workout anyway. So who cares? Let's replace it with another random workout. Well, if you're doing random nonsense, mm-hmm. okay, you might be onto something. But if you are following some sort of a an actual plan as to when you went below parallel, when you went overhead, when you pressed, when you pulled, when you went heavy, when you whatever, well, then, then it can make sense to, for the best of your ability, to understand what that intended stimulus was. And let's find a way to have your ability level meet where that is Within the confines of sanity, your capacity, mm-hmm. the gear available, the time we have and all of that. What I was going to say is, um, I think on the Fran thing is, if you know, somebody took just a really long time for Fran, and I don't want to say, yeah. I don't want to say that, ah, here, how do I want to do this? Let's say your example of, we're going to try to have most people finish Fran in three to five minutes. Let's just say that, okay? Mm-hmm. Make it some way. And somebody is like, you know what? Uh, We've done Fran twice this year. Imagine that. And I scaled it or did banded pull-ups or did whatever. And and I I hit that mark. I was right in around five minutes each time. It was a legs and lungs burner. And it left me just looking at the ceiling. Great. Hey, but you know what? I didn't really have any pull-up capacity then or not. It wasn't that great. My pull-up capacity has come a decent way. And you know what? I think I can get all 45 today. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to totally miss the mark on what you're telling me for the time domain, but I think yep. I can get it. I don't have any drama with that person doing that in any way shape or form because what that person's going to do by even this day missing the short and sharp aspect of fran, right? And taking big chunks of rest between their pull-ups because they need to recover a bit. It's not only going to be good for their psyche and being one heck of a feeling of accomplishment if today's the day they actually did 45 pull-ups in the workout, but if pull-ups are what they struggle with, well, then pull-ups are what they need to do. Well, then Mm -hmm. if you're not allowing them to do the thing that they need to do, when the heck are they going to do it? So every now and then, like, yeah, "Yeah, okay, let's let's let
1: them do the thing. To add a layer to that, when are they going to do it under conditions of fatigue and other challenge? Which is mm-hmm. something I think people miss the mark on all the time. Because the obvious rebuttal to that would be like, well, Pat, that's when they would you know, do extra sets of pull-ups in a slow, controlled environment off the clock. Sure. It's like, okay, sure. that's cool. And there's yep. total utility to, uh, to that to a certain degree. However, conditions matter. And it is important that if you are somebody who's building up your pull-up capacity, you face that type of challenge where you want to have that capacity that's really important so you have to attack it from different angles and you have to be allowed to attack it from from different angles so yeah okay so what i really liked about your example with jt and the 10k was like okay yes you can get it so far off track that it's clearly not at all the quote unquote intended stimulus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can, I guess we're, and I think that's a really good reframing. Cause it's like, okay, there's obviously an outer edge here. <laughs> and if you're, if you're arguing the difference between a, you know, a four minute or a six minute finish time, it's like, right. I think you're yes, in a ballpark yes. where you're totally good to go. Even if it's not quote perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. the other things I want to add to that list, that's like, all right, this is kind of where you have missed the mark or does it matter? Yes. If, you know, you have somebody who absolutely can't finish what you've put on the board. So we go back to that Fran Mm. example and you have, um, somebody who you're going to kind of let loose on the workout and 10 minutes have passed and they're not even out of the second round. It's like, okay, now I think we're in a territory where you probably haven't done enough to get them close to where we want to be. So I can't finish. That's, that's a big one. Um, second one obvious is, is that if your movement quality degrades to the point that it's no longer valuable to keep going, you probably missed the mark. So again, 95 pound thruster, keep the example in the, in the Fran universe, you have somebody who's trucking through that and, uh, you know, they have to break up the set a bunch that on its own is probably not a red flag, but. Along with that breaking up of the set, there's some really, really severe breakdown in technique. It's looking just terrible. The way mm-hmm. that they're moving under that barbell is just, it's, it's not productive anymore. You miss the mark. So that's, that's a big, obvious red flag. Um, and
0: I, I simplify that to, in general,
1: don't move, don't do it faster than you can do it properly. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the third one I kind of had on that list was, uh, this one may be a little harder to catch in the moment, but just a consideration about total volume. And again, that's one where you may have somebody who finishes in the time that you had set out. You may have somebody who looks pretty good doing it, but it's a big stretch for them to have done that amount of work. It's a big leap from where they've been in the past. And next thing you know, you don't see them for four or five days because they are so sore. That they just couldn't conceive of coming back for another training session. You miss the mark if that's the case. So that's one that's a little harder to detect in the moment, but you have to keep an eye on to some degree is okay, is this volume appropriate for this person at this time?
0: Uh, we touched on that in in a previous episode where I was very honest where you know, and that could be a difference between um, you know Heidi mentioned in her question or you know there's different types of workouts you could classify them as task priority or time priority what well, we mentioned in a previous podcast, the workout McGee hero workout McGee, 30 minute AMRAPs, got heavy deads, pushups and box jumps in there. And I do not get the true number of rounds that I'm potentially able to get in McGee because I know what it will do to my body that I get to a certain <laughs> point and I stop. And, that, yeah. and that's, and that's it. And so that's like, I yeah. know past a certain amount of volume, I'm not doing myself any favors. And, uh, you know now. You know I threw our good friend Joe Alexander under the bus in the previous <laughs> podcast. So I'm going to throw Mo under the bus today. Oh, you know perfect. there was a, so you know Mo's one of the uh, owners of, of BTWB, and I was chatting with him, and he popped into a local gym in his area. And as we record this, it's uh, December 14th, and they were doing a 12 days of Christmas workout, mm. which you know some of those can just be oh, brutal, absolutely brutal, and take yep. forever, and, and the and the volume adds up. And God bless me, said he walked up to the trainer like, is it just getting started, getting ready to do it? And I was like, hey, man, just so you know, um, wherever we are at 30 minutes, I'm done. <laughs> he's
1: like <laughs> a smart man yeah. yeah
0: he's like just so you know just um i don't really need anything beyond that i got uh, stuff to do I, I can't be bedridden so at 30 minutes i'm out
1: it's like yeah what's that, it's like, like that uh, the ron swanson approach right he's like i know what i'm about son yeah <laughs> it's like, it's and i was like minutes. you know past a certain uh, amount, it's
0: like i got in plenty yep i didn't finish the workout <laughs> it was prescribed to go a bit longer uh you know but you can but you can make that call and now he made that as an individual aware sure. of his own capacity. That might be tougher to do as a, a coach, but hopefully you are intimately familiar with the uh, the group that you're training, and you can help make some decisions. It's like, hey, this is what we got going on today. Just so you know, you know, Tom's got that fire in the gut. He's got, <laughs> he's going to want to go the whole way. Tom, here to tell you that's a mm-hmm. bad decision, my friend. So we're going to go ahead. Trust me on this one. Rain in it a little bit. So yeah, the volume thing, I I agree with that. Can be yeah,
1: that could be it as well. And to, to keep going on that a little bit, just for you know practical tips for people that are working with people, coaching, etc. Uh, one of the biggest volume traps in the world is somebody that hasn't been in around, uh, excuse me, hasn't been around in a while, but is relatively fit. That is like red flag number mm-hmm. one. Um, you know, so this person has the capacity to do more today than is appropriate because they haven't been in the game, so to speak. Guaranteed, they're going to push past the threshold that's right for that day and they're going to end up a little beat up. So, watch out for that and uh, ask me how I know. Right, <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> I think we've all been there. And I, I was there recently. I did uh, Mary. I um, oh. haven't hadn't been doing uh, high rep pull ups in a long time. Sets of, sets of 15 pull ups. Yep. And I'll tell you, I even put a governor on it and I was like, all right, I'm going to do a round every two minutes. That's what's appropriate for me on this effort. I, any more than that is just cruising for a bruising. And I was still wrecked from that. So there you go. But I believe <laughs> it. You know, and getting back to Heidi's question,
0: you know, especially like we said, the JT versus the 10K example and things yeah. like that. Like, you know, in my humble opinion, anyway, Heidi, if you've got somebody that's programming for you, if you're right in the workouts or whatnot, that intended stimulus and the why it should be there and somebody should yeah. be able to articulate to you yeah. what it is. And if they can't, I would find that confusing and troubling. And And I can see how it would be very helpful as a trainer to know that and that's why it should be articulated. So for example, mm-hmm. I was coming up with some workouts the other day for the future and one of them, not to have anybody have a potential heart attack because you know, you got to go long every now and then. It's a 30-minute AMRAP that's, that's, you know, looming in somebody's future and it had in it some time on the air bike, uh, rope climbs, I believe, and then a heavy mm-hmm. push press. Okay, so we have three elements there. Now, if I was talking to the trainers and talking about the intended stimulus, there's three elements there. I put all three there for a reason, but I really built the workout around the heavy push press. Like that was the thing I really mm-hmm. wanted to get in that day. And mm-hmm. I wanted to get in some sets of eight and things like that and figured out over the course of the AMRAP. How much time somebody would spend on the bike, the rope, and then when they would get back to the barbell, and so how many rounds to potentially get in, in a 30-minute window, so how many sets of eight would this, you know, an average athlete do, and so all of that was there. And if somebody didn't know that, and that the sets, that the push press and the heavy, and a bit on the heavy side, by the way, was what was intended, and that's why there would be a decent amount of time before you touched the barbell, again, you wouldn't be touching the barbell every 20 seconds. Yeah, that could be lost on somebody. They might see and go like, "Oh, it's a thirty-minute workout. We're supposed to go long today. I can, rep- I can just gonna swap out that, and we're just going light and long today." It's like, mm, but it's not really based upon where mm-hmm. we've been, you know, what the goal was, and so that would be really helpful for somebody to know. And then you could even further have the conversation with the coach if they're making scaling and modification decisions. And it's like, uh, all our bikes are taken. It's like, okay, cool. If you're then asking me personally, you know, do what you got to do to run the class logistics. Maybe there's a foot of snow on the ground outside. But if in my best case scenario, I would say, well, don't hop on the rower, please go substitute that bike with a run. You know, that way I'm not pulling the whole time on the rower to get off and Mm -hmm. do the rope climb and then the hip drive. I would rather just have you run. That's, you know, that's why I put the bike in there. So the rower, so like these things should be able to be explained. And then you would just go down that checklist of trying to make the best closest decision you can to replicate that stimulus based upon, again, Athlete ability level, time you have available, equipment, is there two feet of snow on the ground? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? All the bikes are taken. I would love to have you run. Congratulations. You're going to have some extra interference today. You're rowing. You'll be fine. Fitness will still be achieved. But I understand what we're doing and why we're
1: doing it. You know, that, that yeah, could be well- very And as an extension, a kind of a hierarchy of choice. I think that's a really good way to put it there. Is like, hey, you know, at the end of the day, if that's what you end up with, it's not the end of the world, but there were some better choices along the way. I think that's an excellent point. And, you know, so from a practical standpoint, I agree with everything you just said there that, you know, you have to have a really good understanding of what you're looking for, um, even if that's not a perfect one-for-one match when you have to change it. And so some big things that I think about when I'm talking intended stimulus and therefore decisions around scaling, et cetera, timeframe is the obvious one. It's like, hey, how long is this roughly going to mm-hmm. be? And I think we killed it already that, you know, it doesn't have to be so precise, but ballpark, right? Right. It's not a rigid boundary. There's soft exactly. parameters. Yep. And then, uh, you know, you kind of clued me into a few of these things where you were just speaking around but you know load is another obvious one but load i think sometimes gets um just kind of lumped into heavy medium light uh, when really you can expand this to just consider the difficulty of the movement regardless of whether it's weightlifting or not and your rope climb example is a great great uh, uh a choice there because it's like all right one rope climb is a demanding effort And you have to give that repetition a little bit more weight than something like, let's say, a burpee. Mm -hmm. You know, burpee, you're gonna be able to crank out five or 10 of them in the time it takes, in the time and effort it takes you to do like a single rope climb for, let's say, the average person. Um, And so you have to kind of consider it that way. All right, how much effort is required for this set? And by extension, what do I expect the breaks to be across the set, if any? And then by extension, what do I expect the cadence from that exercise to the next exercise to be? And so, for example, if you had a 30-minute effort like you were just describing, and the movements were something like burpees, double-unders, bike, well, it's a pretty good bet that the effort throughout that 30 minutes is going to be relatively sustained. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you're going to trip up once in a while. Obviously, you're going to have a couple of thoughts about why you're there and what you're doing with your life before you start that (laughs) 10th set of burpees. But nothing is so brutal about each one of those that you can't just pick up and keep it going. Contrast that with a bike, heavy push press and rope climb. Well, the sets are probably going to start to get broken up at some point because it's heavy enough to dictate that. And comma, the transition time between exercises is going to start to slow down a little bit because of the the nature of each one of them. And that's expected. So, that, that's again. That's just another kind of filter that you can look through when you're making a decision about scaling options. Uh, you know,
0: and and to touch on that thirty minute uh, AMRAP one again, you know, the even now that the next layer did that. If I was having the conversation with the coaches, and I didn't mention this, but it's just one rope climb, and that one rope climb each time, where well, it might not seem like that much. We're like, well, I'm going to have this chunk of time on the bike that takes a few minutes, then one rope climb, then a set of eight heavy push press that one rope climb is going to be legless started from a seated position on the floor. So now that's why it's one rope climb and not more. And that's why I want to have you on the bike for at least a couple of minutes. And I would tell them, hey, this is actually one of those workouts. You know, I tell people all the time, give the run and the the monostructural component the respect it deserves. Don't use it as a recovery to be a barbell hero on Nancy. Like push the pace in the run too. But on a workout like this, Whereas demanding as that gymnastics movement is going to be, and I want a slight heavy bias to the push press, but if you sell your soul on the bike, well, all you're gonna do is get off and stand staring at the rope for 90 seconds before you begin the climb. So I would actually use that bike as an active kind of recovery part. So when you get off, we can get going on that rope, hit that heavy push press, get back on the bike. And now that's my kind of almost like you should do on a heavy day where you're gonna, I would mm-hmm. ideally want somebody to take two to four minutes rest. Well, I'm going to sneakily, if that's the word, put that into this into this workout so that you're actually taking the rest that you should and just going in at a moderate pace on the bike so you can really give a good effort on these other two. So hopefully whoever's programming your workouts could you know, articulate these whys and then you're like, ah, gotcha, okay, that helps me make better decisions for the group, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say that, you know, that's a big responsibility in my opinion of trainers uh, is to be able to discern that on their own. Like it's, it's, it's great if you have somebody who's doing the programming and they can provide that and give those guidelines. Awesome. I think that's totally appropriate. Comma if they don't, I think that's why it's so important that trainers practice what they preach. Because with more experience, even if you're not the top dog athlete in the gym, if you've been exposed to enough stuff, you'll have a pretty good sense inherently of like, okay, this is how this is gonna map out when we actually get the rubber to the road and start doing this thing. So really, really important that you have that um hands-on experience. This is really difficult to gain any other way. And I think that's why, um, in many cases, when you really start analyzing CrossFit as a program, um, you know, yeah, there's some, there's some very easy objective points to be made, but there is so much experiential knowledge to be earned by just staying in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a really huge part of it. Um, and it, it can't just be, uh, I, you know, Greg used to talk about it all the time, how it's, yeah, there's a, absolutely a scientific bent to it and the underpinnings of it are, are sound, but there is an art on the other end of that. And that's the part that, where you're kind of pushing boundaries and experimenting a little bit and, and as it should be. So be open to that.
0: And people's, and hopefully with scaling and modification, this goes without saying, but I'll just say it so that it's said, people's version of a workout, especially a more challenging one, where if it's challenging because of loading or because of the technical complexity of the movement well that by its very nature is probably going to have to require more modifications in a larger group of people that they're all still doing the same workout okay so for example back to the jt workout which is my personal nightmare like if if hell exists and i'm greeted <laughs> there at the door by the devil and he'll say come on and get warmed up for jt and uh, that's kind of how it'll go and so if you've got somebody doing a prescribed JT handstand pushups let's say they're just, they're amazing strict unbroken they are just a be the deficit they're amazing right and that they got the ring dips and the pushups are flawless and then you've got somebody over there that they're doing um a shoulder press a light shoulder press instead of the handstand pushups they don't have ring dips yet so they are Doing dips off of a box or off of a bench, and their feet are on the floor, giving them as much or as little assistance as is needed. And their push-ups are still a work in progress, so they're either elevated push-ups or the knee push-ups. Or they start off as regular, then they hit fatigue, they go to knee or elevated, whatever. It is. They even change the workout midstream like that. We're all doing JT. Uh, every one of those athletes and everyone in between is in their way. Exactly what this show is about: preserving the stimulus of pressing in various directions what, with a tremendous amount of interference, life's good, you're all good. So it's, um, that's the point. One big happy family in the class kind of marching forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Man, you're jogging some memories from JT. I, <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I remember doing that workout in the early days in my apartment in San Francisco on Christmas Eve. That's, <laughs> I have a vivid memory of doing that. And this probably had to be Oh man, 2006 or seven. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. If you've never uh, pulled that one out of the case, it's it's a good one. And I feel like you don't see that many workouts that kind of um, are programmed specifically with that kind of stamina bent in mind. Like you are not breathing heavy by the time you finish JT, at least. You got to be a freak show if that's the case, meaning, you know, you're so good at those pressing movements that you can actually get significantly out of breath. That's (laughs) that's a feat. For most of us, it's (laughs) the hardest pushups you'll ever do. Absolutely. It's it's brutal. But this
0: potentially, unless I'm missing something, let me know. We might be at the later part of Heidi's question about.
1: Yes. When is it appropriate to scale,
0: not just down, but to scale up? This is Pat's favorite topic. I'm glad I'm glad that we got here. As I said before, look. Let's just let's just say it. the RX workout is for chumps. If you want to really get fit, you better scale that
1: up. We're talking That's RX, right. not even RX plus, RX plus plus. I agree, and you got to own it too. As soon as you're done, you got to walk to the whiteboard in front of everybody else, put that plus next to your name. I mean, I, it's... Put,
0: I put the plus in a different color. Yeah, for sure. Circle just... <laughs> it too. <laughs> All right. So I guess you know, it's fair question, right? Is is there a time to scale up there you've got you've got the and, and you know i don't have heidi here talking to her directly but from what i believe that she's coaching or running what i would consider just a normal traditional class and say anything uh-huh. about competitors class nothing like that so i'm assuming your regular swath of society doing what we would consider a a reasonably and well-programmed crossfit workout now the question is if and when how often You know, should I make that call to scale up for my people?
1: Um, If I'm answering the question directly, I would say the answer is yes. However, it is very rare. Rarely is it the case that somebody legitimately needs to be, quote, scaled up. Uh, I think that if you have kind of two different scenarios here, you have the general program for the general population at your gym that you're doing. It's going to be a matter of, hey, when it comes time to lift heavy, you are putting more weight on the bar. That's kind of self-selecting based on your ability. Right, right. And when it comes time to do the workout like Fran or Cindy, the scale up is cool story, bro. You finished in four minutes last time. No, you don't need a heavier barbell or you, know, you don't need to do bar muscle ups in this, in this particular workout. You need to aim for a three-minute time or a 3.30 time. That's mm-hmm. your scale up is the expectation on performance goes up a little bit. And that covers the vast majority, in my opinion. Now, if you have uh, a group that is like really, really fit, we're talking competitive, this is like what they're investing all their time in, et cetera. My argument still kind of stands as far as I don't think it's categorically scaling up, but I do think that the programming overall takes a bit of a different slant. And I, I think that's slightly different because you've considered... A different athlete. It's not mm-hmm. that you are uh, looking at these workouts like, again, uh, let's take a classic like like a Cindy and saying, oh, that's too easy. You, you might be saying, you know what, at this stage of the game, an athlete that's going to do Cindy and attempt to PR, that volume is a little bit too much for what I have planned around it because I know that they have a freakish capacity to just put themselves in a hole. So I'm going to modify that by making a slightly different selection. Um, or there's a skill that I know that they need work on more than they need work on their run-of-the-mill pull-up. So maybe I choose to include it that way. But it's less of a scale-up with the framing of this is no longer challenging or or has utility, but it's just not appropriate for the totality of what they're doing in that specific moment, if that makes sense. It it does.
0: And and, you know, as a steeped and old-timey CrossFit tradition. Crossfitter myself, and I'm, you know, I don't want to sit here and just agree with you because that's boring for the listeners. Although I do, you know, but 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 I, you know, yeah. but I drew, but I do, you know. The, the truth is, if I was answering Heidi's question, you know, face to face, like you said, unless I'm missing something, for the overwhelming majority of people that are going to do a well-programmed workout of the day. I mean, I can count on one hand the number of times that it didn't serve the population really well yeah. because, again, doing things as quickly as you can do them well, for most people, that intensity piece can always be just ratcheted up just a hair more. You know, I had a, a profoundly capable individual um, in my community that recently, they got like a killer hell in time. I, I I could say what it is right now, I can't remember, so I'm not gonna do it justice. But it was a very like in the 90th percentile, it was a very, very fast Helen. And their legitimate question was like, Look, here I am. I've arrived. I'm I'm look at this, you know, by about the pinnacle of Helen. So I'm thinking, and Helen came up again, like because the last time they did it in the 90th percentile, I'm thinking this time of scaling it up. I'm thinking I'm gonna do chest to bar pull-ups, I'm gonna swing the heavier bell. And I was like, you know, fine. You're still. I mean, what a great workout! You're not going to be shortchanged, that's for sure. But we, you know, broke down their previous Helen, and, and let's say that of course they did it in broken at that level. But let's say that their four hundred meter runs were a, a minute forty-five. Let's say per four hundred or something like that. And I was like, I was like, I encourage you this time to see if you can mm-hmm. keep each one just below one forty. And they were like, Oh, I thought that's what you were going to say. That really sucks. I really was mm-hmm. hoping that you were going to say. Cool. Hit the chest the bar pull ups in the seventy pound bell. And again, it wouldn't have been wrong. No, but point and but not point a bad outcome. And not a bad outcome. They're going to be plenty fit. There. They're going to be amazing. But even yeah. for that person who you know has a blazing fast hell time, they don't need the, they don't need the heavier bell. And, and, and you know, my fastest you know athletes, if it's a ten by one hundred meter sprint day, I'm not going to have my fastest athletes run one hundred and ten meters. Like you know, they're just going to run
1: that distance yeah, or, faster. Or do- or do 15 sets, right? Like There's, there's no utility in that. Well, not no utility, but it, it's not going to yield a better outcome just because there's more. And I
0: would even say, again, I'm not talking about competitive athletes. You know, you touched on that. Great. I'm not, I'm not going. I'm talking regular folks working out. So let's say that even it's something like a workout like Grace, which is a fantastic, awesome, another short and sharp intended stimulus, fran workout. And maybe you've got somebody who is a beast, and that's wheelhouse, they're not only strong, they're fit, they have a whole package, and they're gonna be able to do grace in whatever, around two minutes, like a, a killer time. And it's not, and don't worry, get me wrong, Like they're gonna feel it, because they did a two-minute grace, but they're not devastated, and 10 minutes later, if they wanted to, they could probably do something else. So okay, did it not hit them hard enough? Should I have made it 155 instead of 135, or should I have bumped up the reps and all that? And this is the interesting thing, maybe, of art versus science, right? You could, you could have them do 30 at 155. It wouldn't be wrong or bad and and their life would be fine. Their fitness would be great. But if now we're taking, I would say more of a, a global step back away from just today's workout. And we look at the week's training and the month's training and the year's training. And just like we vary our Time domains and loadings and rep ranges, and we also should vary our intensity as well. Where every day we're just not burning it down. Well, this individual, allowing them to have this day where they went pretty darn hard. I don't have to just bury their soul in the backyard every day. Like them yep. going really darn hard. You know, they got their hands on their hips and walking around like, "Whoa, that was a stinger." I was right around my old PR. That's great, fantastic. They can go home they can go home and not need to do anything else. And Mm -hmm. doing that by not having every day have to be like, I'm gonna scale up so that you're gonna feel it like you've never felt it before. That's not not necessary. In the grand scheme of the oscillations of everything Mm -hmm. else that we do, those days have value. And don't get me wrong, if you're doing well-rounded training with variants, they're gonna get that tail on fire somewhere else. Because if that barbell Happen to be their wheelhouse and it's just, you know, it was hard, but not crazy hard like it would be for a normal human like me. Well, with with variants, because you're not always just doing short barbell workouts, they're gonna they're gonna get their due on some other day. And that's a good thing. And yeah. so yeah. I I overwhelmingly, I overwhelmingly don't see the need, if you're doing good solid programming to scale up, and unless, and you know, it's kind of like we used to say, or Greg used to say the old level ones or whatnot, that you And this, of course, we could dissect as well, that you program for the best and scale for the rest. And when that saying was created, there was something like a Fran or a Helen or a Diane or Cindy was plenty. It wasn't, um, well, now I see what Rich Froning and Matt Fraser are doing. So now if I'm if I'm programming for the best and I'm going to scale for Mm. the rest everything is going to be games level because now I have to program for the best. So every workout is going to look like a games event because those are the best and I program for the best and I scale for the rest. No, yeah, that, that's agreed. not yeah. what that phrase was intended to mean. And, and if that's creeping into someone's yeah. head, I think it's polluted the original message for the general population.
1: Yeah, I got a lot to add to that. I think a high average is what you kind of want to keep in mind for your quote best. You know, not mm. the tippy top of the mountain, um, not the Chris Spielers of the world or the Rich Fronings of the world, but like a high average, I mm-hmm. think is a really good center point uh, for most programming applications, especially if you're dealing with a wide population. Um, second, uh, I, to expand on something that you brought up that I think is really, really important is if you are looking to challenge somebody and you think that they are quote ready to scale up unquote look for some different ways to challenge them within what's already there and that was one of my favorite coaching applications when I was working at an affiliate and you know working with clients more directly those were some of the most fun things to do and and you gave a couple of great examples there you're like okay we got Helen this guy's a stud at Helen cool We are going to take an approach that may result in a slower overall time, but (laughs) is going to challenge an element of it that he doesn't want to do or isn't as good at, and he's kind of masking that with the strategy he chooses to employ for the workout. So, no, the the win on today is not changing anything, but your approach has to change radically. If you drop below a a 130 pace on your uh, run, you lose. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge of the day. But, Coach, I might have to rest a little bit between my set And my overall time suffers. okay, you scaled it up because the effort was so Mm -hmm. much different. Your grace example was a a beautiful, beautiful, pure example of that. Um, Let's say you have somebody with a, let's just call it a three-minute grace, you know? Mm -hmm. Certainly not uh, the craziest time ever, but like that's a solid grace time. Yeah. To get that solid grace time, let's say this individual chooses the strategy of, you know, fast singles, Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a single rep drop, take a step, single rep, et cetera. And they get 30 that way. Okay. The challenge today. Yeah. The challenge today is can you hold that same time, but no less than a set of five Or, or, yeah. different yet one set, get as many as you can. And then when you have to break, you can do whatever you want after that, but you have to give it one Solid, continuous set great, see how far you can go. That's great, yes. And if you blow up and your time is longer, that's not the point. The point was you chose a different approach, which was more challenging to you because otherwise you would have chosen it in the first place. And that is working on a different skill set than you know what your your chosen strategy was previously. And that's got a ton of value in it, even if it's not as obvious when you look at the outcome. On paper from effort A to effort B. So that's something to really consider is, hey, what do I have to play with that I haven't considered yet without changing a thing? Once you've gone through that, I think there is a second step that can be appropriate to say, okay, maybe it is time to ratchet something up. Rare, but it's really rare. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's make sure we're clear there. If and when you choose to do that, I think you have to be really, really thoughtful about which variable you choose to change and don't go whole hog. So for example, let's go back to Fran, real world example. You have somebody, they got an amazing Fran time. It's like two 30. They can do it in their sleep, barely breathing when they come off the the final set of pull-ups. Maybe it's time to ratchet it up a little bit. And so you're thinking this through saying, all right, this guy's a real beast. Um, You know, or this lady's a real beast she definitely should increase the weight on the thruster. Um, but you know what else would make this really a lot harder is if we did bar muscle ups on top of that. And you know what would make it a lot harder also is if we doubled the reps. And so now you have this woman who is jumping the bar from 65 pounds to 95 pounds. She's doing double the reps and she's doing bar muscle ups instead of pull, pull ups. Mm-hmm. Now that's an obviously extreme example. <laughs> right? And What you've created there is a totally different workout. And so that's a case where in the attempt to like make this match her level, you've got something that is so far from the original that the utility is kind of out the window as well. Or at least the utility when compared to what you had planned for that day. That might be a good challenge for that athlete at some point later on down the road, but it's not appropriate if what you had on the books was Fran. Yep. If that makes sense. Yep, for sure. And yeah. so and the, one, the one w- variable at a time if you choose to do it. That's my yeah, The ways to play with it are almost infinite, right? I
0: mean if you had going back to like mm-hmm. a Cindy example, you had some crazy athlete that was in the upper twenties on Cindy, which is astonishing. But you know, they just almost can't move any faster. Make the pull-ups strict. You know, great. Mm-hmm. You know, um make push-ups, hand release push-ups. Like you could find, you know, something to do, and 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 maybe you do that and they're so amazing it didn't slow them down. Well, they, you know, got a data point to work. You don't have to get it perfectly right that time. They get in a tremendous workout. They're going to be fine. So it's all good. I really like the the grace deal of like, let's either do fives yeah. or Me, open, yeah. open up with a big set and then see to what happens. To a
1: different strategy. And you know, what's interesting about that is like <laughs> without fail, when you take that approach, People are less receptive to that than they are to like, let's say, add an extra 30 (laughs) pounds to the barbell because they know intrinsically that that is harder and they know intrinsically that that's hitting them in the weak spot. And adding extra weight to the bar in the grace example or just extending grace to like 50 reps, for example, Mm -hmm, that's more palatable because it, in a sense, it's easier. It gives you a reason to slow down. Exactly. It's what they already expect and it's it's playing to their strengths as it always has. And it gives you that opportunity, like you said, to break and say, well, you know, of course I'm going to 50 reps today, so I, you know, I can take my foot off the gas a little bit, because that is what it's is is now expected.
0: And if you did that, maybe we'll close on this. If you did that example, athlete has a three minute race, they've done heavy singles, excuse me, quick singles to get there. Now they're gonna open up with Whatever set of ten, the most they can touch and go, then do singles, and that causes them, let's say, to now get a three minute and forty second grace compared to their three minute grace. That now also gives you the opportunity as the trainer, the coach, to explain to that athlete that even though they are now really far off of their PR, whatever that would be, almost thirty percent slower, twenty five percent slower. That doesn't, not to say that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. I mean, you still did a sub four grace. You got a little bit outside of your wheelhouse. You did 30 clean and jerks of a functional movement. You tested yourself. There was plenty of intensity there. The time is just one valuable metric to track. The time does not dictate whether or not that workout was a meaningful and beneficial workout. You Uh did the 30 clean and jerks. Today's time on this variant was 340. That's it. That's all. It's just, it's a different metric than your other grace and it's all, and it's all good. So that's,
1: you know, yeah. give me yep. something else to do as a coach. Absolutely. Yeah. And Hey, man, I just think that what a, uh, what a valuable physiological lesson. Can I empty the tank and hang on
0: <laughs> yeah. versus do
1: I get to have my perfect pace, uh, you know, in, in perpetuity? Yep, and, and people can play with this all the time, right? I mean, I don't want to make any
0: broad brush sweeping generalizations, but I feel like it is one of my natural strengths to do that. And I just feel <laughs> like, you know, any workout that has a run, most CrossFitters oh, don't yeah. give that their respect because they want to be the barbell hero or the pull up mm-hmm. hero. And so on almost any workout that you've done previously, you have the opportunity to experiment with it. By now, giving the run the respect it deserves or the bike portion or the row portion and ratchet that up a little bit and it will feel like an entirely different workout and that barbell that you used to think was light and you can throw around now feels a whole heck of a lot heavier and it's getting broken up when it never used to get broken up there's benefit there there's Mm -hmm. a lot of benefit there both physically and mentally quite frankly so all right um I, i've went through my notes are you,
1: uh, content? I, uh, are you happy? I'm, i am satisfied with that yes absolutely okay. so yeah intended stimulus it's a good thing to have a, a bead on but don't get so precise about it that you lose sight of it uh or the the utility in it on the other end you know don't be so far off base that you're uh, just substituting random things and um scale up is is rare it's like it's very very rare that's I my almost,
0: encapsulation of the episode, Pat. I, I almost sabotaged. It. So I guess I might as well have because that it was a relatively simple question. I'm like, this is going to be a quick show. We're going to be off and, on and <laughs> off in so 10 I minutes. Like that's, we say that all the time, though. That's, uh, so as always, you know, we're answering Heidi's questions today. We love the questions from everybody. So whether you're watching or listening, we want to know what you feel or think. You can go to the Very Not Random Instagram You know, when we post snippets of the show there, leave some comments or questions there. You can go to this episode on the BTWB YouTube channel, post your thoughts and comments there, especially about intended stimulus, or I'm sure a hot button could be, yeah, when do you think it's appropriate to scale up? You know, we want to we wanna know. We don't have all the answers for sure, and more people chiming in is more learning. So as I always say, appreciate all of you. you want to help support the show, check out programs.btwb.com slash VNR. That link is also in the show notes. If you go to the YouTube channel, we got a bunch of cool stuff that we hope you find value in from all kinds of gymnastics programs. There's uh, barbell lifts. There's dumbbell and bodyweight on ramps. Again, hopefully some stuff that that helps folks out and um, a lot of good time and effort went into those things. So that's it. We appreciate you. For Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we will see you next time.